Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. In this series, we've been talking about walking in dominion, uh, walking in authority. Uh, and last week, we, we touched on seven key areas, seven key areas that we must, uh, that we must take dominion over in our lives um, to be successful, to walk in greatness, to be able to walk in the things that God's called us to. And those seven things, just if you were not here, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. Uh, the seven key areas were um, taking dominion in your identity, uh, in your image, in your imagination, taking dominion in your relationships, taking dominion in your appetite. Now, taking dominion over our mind and our thoughts, um, that's, that's crucial. Uh, and then also taking dominion over sound. What sound are we producing in our life? Are we producing a sound that, that makes heaven attracted to us? And I just believe that it's time for us as the body of Christ to tap into the authority and speak to our circumstances. Um, we need to speak life into those areas that, uh, that we need to speak life into the areas that are deserted, that are dry, that are washed up. We just feel like there's no light. We need to speak life into those areas. If, you, if you're in your marriage and you're like, man, I, I need to rekindle this thing, man, speak life into that marriage because the marriage is like a garden. And whatever you speak and you sow, that's what will grow. Amen? So whatever you speak about your spouse... Whatever you sow, that's what, that's what will grow. But it's time for you and I to walk in dominion and be the very best at the very thing that God has called us to do. People who walk in dominion are legendary. We talked about that last week, where, and I'm not going to keep going over last week's stuff, but I think it's important that you capture this. We talked about, uh, have you ever seen, and I asked the question, have you ever seen somebody who's very good at what they do? I'm thinking of like, uh, oh, I used Muhammad Ali last time. I think I used LeBron James. Michael Jordan, you, you think of people who are very good at what they do. That is somebody who is dominating or, or to have taken dominion over the thing that they are great at. Okay, so, and those people are legendary. You will always remember um, those people for those things. And, and I, believe, I believe that it's un, un, important that we understand um, that it's not about us. It's not about what type of a legacy we're leaving so that people can talk about what we do. It's more important that we recognize it's about the people that are connected to our lives. That's what leaving a legacy or being legends is all about. And so tonight we're going to look at how we lose dominion. So the first two weeks we talked about the importance of walking in dominion, the importance of walking in authority, but tonight I want us to look at the very thing, and, and many of you, if I was to say, you know, how many have, have been uh, walking this thing, and then all of a sudden you feel like the enemy's kind of like in your face. Almost everybody in the room would raise their hand and go, you know, I, I've ran, anybody just ran across hard times, like you're really trying with all you can do, and you're just like hitting the wall, like Bam, bam, like where'd you come from? Well, tonight we want to talk about how do we lose dominion, okay? Because I don't want to set you up and go, well, it's important that we walk in dominion. And then you go, well, it ain't working out like Pastor Bradley said it was. This is kind of hard stuff. So let's talk about, for just a few moments tonight, what it looks like and what it means and how we lose dominion. Everybody say, it's a trap. It's a trap. Now, 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 it's so funny because... And if you remember from Dad's message on Sunday, uh, the title of his message was Avoid Being Trapped. And um, it was actually last Tuesday. He was at the college, and I was finishing my notes from last Wednesday night. 
and I saw where we needed to go, and that was not just take dominion, but we need to, we need to put a focus on what happens and how do we lose dominion because, let's face it, we're going we're gonna to face those things. And so I sent a text to Dad and said, hey, um, not knowing what his message was going to be, I said, hey, I need to be able to extend this one more week. I feel like this is an area we need to talk about. And then within 24 hours, he sent me his notes for uh, Sunday, which was avoid being trapped. So, so it's kind of cool how God is really just bridging these two together. But, but the enemy can't stop us, but he can trap you. Okay, the enemy can't stop you, but he can trap you. Anybody hunters, you, you use traps in hunting or for sport? Nobody. Well, I got a friend, Charlie, here in town, and, and he, he actually traps armadillas. I'm thinking about calling him and having him come to the house because I got a few at the house um, that I don't know if there's gold in my front yard that they're digging for, but there's something there totally delicious because it looks like landmine city in my front yard. And so... Um, so, so I was thinking about traps, and, and so if you ever used a trap, what are, what are a few things? Why, why do we use traps? Traps are to capture whatever it is. For me, in my, in my, my situation, it's armadillos, um, and, and we prepare them for execution. So if I was to say, Charlie, hey, can you come grab the armadillo for me? He's going to trap it, and then I don't care what you do with it. Shoot it. Don't let it nowhere near back to my house. So you use it for execution. Um, you can set a trap to capture it. And then release it somewhere else, like alligator trapping down in more South Florida, where they trap alligators, they take it and release it somewhere else. How many people, how many Christians have ever been trapped by the enemy, and he traps them, and then he takes and moves them to another location, and then releases them, but they're kind of disoriented because they're not really where God was trying to get them to go because they fell into a trap. So, so it's the capturing to release. And then, and then there's another, another way you can set a trap. And then if nobody ever shows it attention or goes back to the trap, there's no food, there's nothing nutritional, of no tr- nutritional value or substance, whatever's in the trap gives up and dies. How many Christians have ever been trapped because, and nobody showed, no, nobody showed them any attention, nobody showed them any life, there was no nutritional value, and then they just gave up and died? I'm not saying just gave up, physically died, but spiritually they died and they gave up on the, the challenge of walking in dominion and walking out this Christian walk. It's not going to be on the screen, but Ephesians, you can write this down if you're taking notes for, for your personal time later. Ephesians 6.11 tells us to put on the full armor of God. Why? So that we, can, that we might be able to withstand against the wiles, which is the schemes or strategies of the devil. The, the enemy is trying to lay traps for us. There are other times that he steps in front of us and he doesn't have to lay a trap. And I thought this was kind of weird because he was showing me, he said, it's not necessarily that the enemy has to lay a trap, but a lot of times when, when you're in ministry or you're, you're teaching kids and you're yielding yourself, how many know that we say that all the time, let's yield ourselves to what God wants for our life. And I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of times uh, dad will do this and has been doing this a lot, that after someone speaks, whether it's one of our leadership team or myself or others, he'll say, let's pray over that person um, for protection. Because see, what happens is somebody who somebody who's, who is laying down what they want to do to prepare, laying down, wanting to watch that TV show to prepare for God's word, what he wants to say to their people, they're yielding themselves. And anytime you get yielded, what do you do when you're yielding? You're slowing down to oncoming track. And sometimes you have to come to a stop because you're yielding. You've got to stop what you're doing for what God wants. You're yielding. And when you do that, when you yield, he simply, the enemy steps in front of you. You know, he doesn't have to set a trap. He's taking advantage of where you are and saying, God, use me. I'm yielding myself to you. And when you slow down, he just simply has to step in front of you, and he trips us up. So it's, it's, very, it's, so it's not that you say, well, are we not supposed to yield to God? Sure, we're supposed to yield, but be aware of your surroundings while you're being yielded. In other words, when, I'm, when I get done off the platform, I, I'm anticipating the enemy to come somehow. 
whether it's my kids, uh, you know, um, a, uh, stress with between Amy and I, or, or whatever it is. It can be anything. I'm looking for the, I'm just, I'm just anticipating his stupidity to show up. So don't ever stop yielding to God, but just make sure as you're being yielded that you're consciously aware of your surroundings. So what happened? Where did we lose? Where did we lose dominion? How did, how did we lose dominion? That's the question. How did losing dominion even become an issue? Some people were scared to walk in dominion. Some people were scared to walk in their, in their authority. Some people don't understand what it means to walk in authority. I hope after the, after the past two weeks you're understanding what it means to, to speak life in, into your life and into your circumstances, speak life into your relationships, speak life into your marriage. And then some people, they lose, the, they lose dominion because, and authority because they're not willing to pay the price required to walk in authority. Some people aren't willing to submit to authority. I'll never forget, and you've heard me say this before, and, I, and it, just, it just resonates inside of me. Ed Young said one time at a pastor's conference, Pastor Ed Young said, God will never um, allow you to be over or never give you, put you in authority until you learn to come under authority. And that's so true because a lot of people, they like to be in authority, but they, don't, and they like to be in charge, but they don't like the accountability that comes with that. They want the responsibility. Hey, give that to me. I can do that. But when, when that responsibility is tied to accountability, they don't like that so much. Some people are overly confident and begin walking in what I call a self-appointed or pushy but powerless authority. It's pushy. It's pushy authority. They, they can get it done, but it's powerless because the result will only be, will be short-lived because you're not willing to come under, under authority. So in order for us to be able to walk in authority, we've got to yield ourselves, submit ourselves to God and say, God, whatever you want for me, I'm, I'm yielding myself to you. So, so, so I think the best way to answer the question, when did we lose or give up dominion? When do we lose or give up our authority? We must go back to the beginning and see, and if you turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, in order for us to find out where do we lose dominion, if God gave us dominion, where do we lose dominion? You see, because everything has a starting place. If you've got problems in a certain area of your life, take a break, run the tape back, instead of continuing with epic fail after epic fail after epic fail, instead of continuing to beat yourself against the wall, never, trying to, never realizing where it is you're supposed to be going, trace back your steps to the beginning. Anybody facing anything right now, you're just like, wow. Just, I mean, I'm not going to ask you what it is, but anybody facing anything right now, it's just like, it's just overwhelming, it's hard. Trace back the steps to the beginning, and there you should be able to identify where the problem came in. And what I like to believe is if we'll take a full-length mirror with us back to that starting place, we'll, we'll quickly see that could possibly the issue be ourselves. So how do we lose dominion? Uh, Genesis chapter 3, we'll start with verse 1 and go through verse 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Stop. See, the enemy will never come up to us like he didn't with Eve because he could have went and came up to Eve and goes, God's a liar. He's not telling the truth. He's trying to fake you out. But we're smarter than that. He knows that we're smarter than that. He's not going to do it that way. So how did he do it? He caused doubt. He didn't just flat out go, God's a liar. You can eat whatever you want. He gets there, but that wasn't the first thing he did. So what am I trying to say? The enemy's crafty. He's not going to go pull up this website, check her out, check him out, He's not going to just throw it off. He's, he's crafty. He's deceiving, and he's deceptive, and he always tries to enter through the door of doubt when it comes to God. 
Verse 2, and the woman said, serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, come on, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what we see is the serpent spoke to Eve in the form of a lie. He's a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. He, he, he's been a liar from the very beginning. He's the father of it. He's the originator of the lie. Listen, don't reason with devils. You cast devils out. And sometimes devils come in the form of people. That doesn't mean they're a devil, but what they're allowing or opening themselves up to is the demonic spirit trying to come against you. Stop texting devils back. Since I went that direction, let me, just, let me stop right there and go, stop texting devils back. You know she's no good. You know he's no good. That person is only going, to tr- only going to entice you to come back into a situation that God's been trying desperately to get you out of for some time. Don't do it. Matter of fact, don't even answer that phone. Stop replying. And I know if you're like me, in, in the technology, it's not necessarily cool just to, because I said all the time, well, just remove them from your contacts. Well, I, I barely remember her number because I know that when I look it up in my phone, it's my baby. My baby. So I don't, have, I don't know the number. I do. But, but there are a lot of, like I, I have Sarah's number in my phone or I have Adam's number in my phone. But if you asked me what his number was, I wouldn't know. So I'd have to look it up. So, so instead of deleting that person who is full of the devil from your phone, just go into edit and put, it's the devil, do not answer. So when it rings, that's all you need to know. You can hit the button one time, it'll keep on ringing, and they won't bother you no more. Stop playing around with the enemy. Last week, one of the key areas that we talked about was dominion of identity. Now, now this is very important to where we're getting ready to go in this story. That dominion of identity is close to dominion of proximity. Okay? It's important that you know who you are in Christ, but it's also important that you know where you are in Christ. In proximity. You need to know who's around you. Whether, whether they show up into your space, you need to know who's in your territory. And then you also need to know what territory you walk in. And people who walk in authority should be very well aware of their surroundings. Listen, it matters how you see yourself, but it also matters where you see yourself, where you are. And I, I wrote this down. How you view yourself will determine where you find yourself. How you view yourself, that's what we're, we're, we're girls who, who, who make decisions, and I'm thinking of, of students who make decisions to go out with the wrong guy. However they view themselves, that's, that's pretty much where they'll show up at. So if they don't value who they are, if they don't respect themselves, they'll then find themselves in a disrespecting situation. And that doesn't go just for little girls. That goes for all of us. If I don't respect myself, if I don't see myself as how God sees me, if I'm, if I'm totally looking at the screen of how, how the enemy is showing me who I am, I'll find myself in situations that describe exactly that rather than that, the way God describes me. It could be an uncompromising situation. It could be, it could be one that just, just totally is trying to get me back to a place where I fall in a trap. Because proximity means nearness in space or nearness in relationship. It's important. It's called dominion of proximity. So if you've got your notes from last week, add that one as your 11th one, dominion of proximity. We've got to take authority back of who's allowed in our space, who's allowed in our airwaves, who's allowed, on our, who's allowed to get my ear. If you know they're going, to, they're going to call you and give you kinds of grief, they shouldn't have access to your ear. You should see yourself as this is the mind of Christ, and I don't need to let this fool in here. Hello. 
I don't need to let this family member get in here. I know I'm hitting that hard, but it's important that we understand. I've got to take dominion over these areas. And until I do, nobody else is going to do it for me. I said that last week. You can have as many people come and try to help you in your garden, but God gave you the seed. He gave you the garden. He gave you the ground until he, gave, he said, this is yours, and this is what I want you to produce, and nobody can do it like you can do it. So when it all goes down and, 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 and you ain't got no crop, he's not coming to the people that kind of helped you. He's going to look at you and go, why did, what did you do? And why did you let them in your garden? The Bible tells us that Eve ate the fruit and gave it to her husband who was standing right there in proximity. See, God told Adam, don't eat of the fruit. He didn't tell her. He told him, don't eat, don't eat of it. But yet then when the serpent came around, he was still in proximity and started causing her to doubt. And he never, he never spoke up. Let's go to verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, how many knows the enemy will always show you a picture of how good it looks? He'll never show you the consequence of how bad it can get. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband who was where? With her and he ate. Too many men have relinquished their dominion. Too many men have relinquished, we, me included, have relinquished our authority that God gave to us, have allowed foreign voices to speak into our families. We've allowed a foreign voice to speak into our families. You know how we talk about a foreign object or foreign, if it's cancer, and, and you know, right now, uh, Caitlin, you know my daughter who's in Georgia with her, her stepdad. We just got a, a call the other day. He just found out, I don't know, Jeremy's probably a couple years older, younger than me, um, has a brain tumor. Uh, fell, he was at work in, at, at the store and fell, broke his arm, um, some ribs or something, blacked out. They thought he had a uh, seizure and come to find out he's got a brain tumor. And he finds out Friday, he was at UAB all day yesterday, finds out Friday. And, and so, so we speak to those things and go, you're foreign, you were not there originally, so you don't have access to stay there. So whether God removes that thing or the doctors have full access to go in and get it out, it's not staying so when we say that's a foreign thing, it doesn't belong there, that's the same thing. There's foreign things that come into our ears that we should say, you don't belong here. Matter of fact, you don't even have, you should, you don't even have time. I don't even have time for you. My time is valuable. And if you're not talking pleasant things, you're not talking about Jesus, you're not talking about winning the world to Christ, if you're not talking good stuff, I don't have time for you. That's the that's way, way, way you need to be. And, and people can say you're, you're haughty, you're arrogant, you're cocky. They can say whatever you want to, but when you walk in dominion, you're walking, baby. You're not standing in one place listening to that garbage. You missed a good time to give Jesus Christ some, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right there, you just need to go, you know what? I identify with that. There's been too many people that I've locked up with or that I have just allowed them to take up my time when the enemy's really just trying to get you to stop doing what you Stop going where you're, where you're supposed to be going. He's just trying to occupy your time. And while you're there, if he can get you to doubt where you were headed, you make the decision to turn and walk away. He didn't force you to. You did because you doubted. We've allowed too many vo- foreign voices to speak to our children. We've allowed too many foreign voices to speak to our wives. And now the whole family structure is messed up. We as the church have allowed foreign voices to come into the church and speak stupid stuff. And now, and now the church, and I'm not talking about a specific church, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the structure is just a little off balance or a little messed up because we, the body of Christ, have allowed foreign objects or foreign things to come in. It's time for us as the body of Christ, not the pastors, not the leadership team. It's time for all of us as the body to go. When we recognize there is a foreign invader coming in, 
It's time to let that thing. It, you're not welcome here. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about, I'm talking about st- stupid stuff. Let's go to verse 7. So she ate. She gave it to her husband who was sitting there, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them in that moment were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. How many of us get outside of God's will and then try to do a patch-up patch, patch up work job, uh, patch-up job? We try to fix ourselves like Adam and Eve. They, oh, my gosh, I'm naked. No, what they're basically saying, I'm, no, I'm, I'm completely exposed. I'm, I'm vulnerable to anything, so I've got I've to cover myself up. How many, how many of us slip up and then instead of coming to an altar or when the worship leader says, hey, you know what, just get to the front and just get in his presence. Instead, we go, mm, not going to do that. I would rather cover myself and do it my way. It's interesting that it was fig leaves because if you look in Matthew 21, and I can't remember if it's on the screen or not, Matthew 21, verse 19, it's interesting to note that it was a fig leaf. Because you recognize the story, it said, And seeing a fig tree, verse 19, And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. So basically what happened is Jesus rolled up on the scene, saw that it had no fruit, and all it had was leaves, and he cursed the tree, and it died. It withered. Why would he curse the tree? It was just trying to grow. Because what he was saying is, because he's seen this before in the garden, because all it's got are leaves. It needs to have fruit. If you've got leaves, everything looks good, but you have no fruit. Many people in the church, they got the leaves. They, they're covered. Everything's cool, but they have no fruit. And the Bible says we shall know them by their fruit. How's your fruit? This was the principle. In the garden, they sowed fig leaves to cover. Jesus walks up to another fig tree all the fig tree leaves, all the, all the leaves represented was this. Just in case somebody gets out of the wheel, I'm here to help provide a false covering. That's what the leaves were there for. That's what, he, that's what he saw. With no fruit, the only thing he could think of were the leaves were there to provide a false covering for whoever comes next. Because he saw it once before. So to prevent that from happening, I curse you and you die. Because there's only one way. It's only the blood of Jesus that can cover It's only the blood of Jesus that can cover. You can't cover yourself. There's nothing you can spend. There's no words you can spend. There's nothing you can do to try to clean it up, soap it up, spray it up, make it look all good. Nothing will cover like the blood of Jesus. So he cursed the tree. Something about the leaves. And I want you to do a self-examination tonight to identify what are the fig leaves in your life. What are the things, whether it's people or, or what are the things that we use in our own lives that we use to cover ourselves, to cover, to make us look the part, the greatest worship leader, or to make us look like the, well, the, the, the greatest pastor or the greatest kids zone, kids connect, whatever, people's teachers. What do we try to do to make our family look like we got it all together? What are those things? Those things got to go. It's, t- it's up to us to take dominion over those things and go, no longer will, it's obvious I need to get with Jesus and I don't need to try to use these things to make myself look good anymore. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. We're winding down. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Verse 8 says, and they heard the sound, we talked about the sound last, last week, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? 
as if he didn't know. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I command, commanded you that you should not eat? He said, who told you you were naked? Who stole your dominion? Remember when he created, when he created Adam, he gave him dominion. Who, who told you you were naked? Who, t- who stole your dominion? Who took that away from you? Who stole the dominion of your identity? Who gave you a false reality and made you believe it was true? How many, t- how many times do we look at a false reality or look at our past and believe that that's, all, that's as good as it's going to get? Every one of us has done that. Who told you you weren't loved? That's not here. I'm, 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 I'm saying, but who told you nobody cares about you? Who told you nobody loves you? Who told you you've messed up so much that God can never, ever love you and accept you? Who told you that you've messed up so much that God could never use you? Who told you that? Who told you it would never work out in your favor? Notice it didn't say that he heard the Lord walking in the garden. This totally blew my mind. And I could be wrong. I I don't know. All I remember is Sunday school with the Velcro um, uh, hairy pad thing, whatever, where you put the people on it. What's it called? Felt. Thank you. I mean, it took me way back. The felt. And you saw Adam and Eve. Now, they weren't naked. They, they had clothes on. You know, we didn't learn like that in Sunday school. But, but who was also in the picture? They had, they had Jesus. They had God walking in the garden. But that's not in here. Because it didn't say he was walking. I always, even, I even went back to look today. I've always thought, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. It has nothing to do with that story. But I, the way I saw it and the way I read it was that he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. But that's not what it says. It says they heard his sound walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God wasn't walking. It was his sound that was walking. Are you following me? Well, let me check this out. John 1.18 says, it's not going to be on the screen. No one has seen God at any time. Need more? 1 John 4.12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. So clearly, if no one has ever seen God, then Adam wasn't afraid of the face of God. He was afraid of the sound of God. That's why people won't come to church They're not thinking that he's really going to show up, but they're afraid of what the sound produced in this room is going to make them feel. You ever notice when you're really walking with God how people that used to hang out with you just don't hang out anymore? Because you're producing a sound. And then when people do come to you and start hanging out, you need to check your soundboard because you're producing a different kind of sound. You're, you're, you're producing a sound that, sound is attractive. That's why you roll up at the, the red light in front of Chiefland High School and you see that it don't matter how old they are, 16, 26, 86, whatever they're listening to, they, boom, 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 boom. it's a sound, and it's attractive, and it produces, so what are you producing? So if you got crazy people around you, chances are pretty good you're producing a messed up sound. It's time to take dominion to make sure we're producing a sound. So, so Adam wasn't afraid of the face of God, he was scared of the sound of God. Why was the sound, why was the sound walking in the garden. Listen, when you walk in dominion, you don't even have to be there. Just speak and your words will shape and create. It's what, it's what he did. He spoke the world into motion. He spoke it into being and it was. He reached down and he, and he, and he got the, 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 the dust. And we learned last week that the water came from underneath 
and he formed man, and he breathed the breath of life into him. God spoke and it happened. I wrote this down. Sound dictates expectation. The sound you produce dictates expectation. When I, example, when I was on staff at the church in Georgia, had a staff of 12 people. I didn't have to be there all the time. I didn't have to be at everything that after staff meeting, I said, hey, you've got this one, you've got this, this is your goal. I never had to go back around, and as they were doing it, I obviously went back at the end to make sure it was done. But there was an expectation because I produced a sound that gave them the expectation of what the senior pastor and on down, what we expected. So what sound are you producing? It produces expectation. Sound dictates expectation. Sound was looking in the garden when, he, when, when God was, his sound was in the garden. Sound was looking for sound, and instead sound got silence in return. Sound was looking for sound. God is looking for our sound. He wants to know what, what we're producing when we come in here together to worship. It's not about just producing a cool sound. He's looking for, sound is trying to get sound, but he got silence instead. Silence will get you in trouble every time in the right moments. Walk quietly, stay the course? Absolutely. But there are times that our voice needs to be heard. And when I got people around me that have no business and they're not, they're not there to produce something good in my life, God's waiting on me to produce a sound to say, hey, you can shape up or we got to change this situation. It was Adam who got quiet in the garden and let the serpent speak to his wife. Adam was right there. He let the serpent speak. Remember when I said we got too many men that have relinquished their dominion and their authority? Let me say, man of God, you need to cover your wife. Cover your wife. Be everything she needs. Don't allow the guy at work to tell her how pretty she is. Don't allow the the, the guy at work to tell him how good she looks or how good she smells. That's the serpent. Get up to that job and say, oh, yeah, I heard you've been been, um, crushing, saying things to my wife. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm a crazy Christian. Oh, I'm a preacher, but I'm packing too. So what you want to say? You need to show up on the job and go, I, that's mine. You got to go through me before you, you end all conversations. Thank you. I may be a Christian, but I, I can get crazy. I ain't no killer, but don't push me. It's time to take dominion over our bride. It's time, as men, it's time for us to take dominion over our, our spouse. And don't allow the enemy to whisper in her ear. If you're not whispering, somebody else will. And it's the devil. It may be coming from a voice, but he's producing a sound that tickles her ear. Because when it all goes down, he's not going to talk to her. He's not going to talk to the dude. He's going to talk to you and say, I gave her to you. What did you do? You were silent. Same thing with the promises of God in our lives. I don't want it to be heavy on the relationship side. Same thing. What, if we allow the enemy to come in and pour stuff on our, uh, on our dreams and our passions and our our purposes, he's going to come. Why did you let that happen? He's going to look at you and go, how come, how come we couldn't get this thing started? How come we couldn't get that 20 acres? What did you do? How come you, how come, how come, what, what are you doing to advance the kingdom? He's not coming. He's coming to you and I over your purposes and your dreams. He's coming to you, but he's looking to me for mine and my family, my home. God expected Adam 
to let her know what the mission was. That's why every time I get up here, I'm going to make sure that you understand what the mission is for this ministry. What is the vision? It's not always going to be a, a message about vision, but you're definitely going to know the direction of where we're going. Nobody should ever come in here and go, where's this church going and what is it about? It's about people. It's about loving Jesus. And it's about seeing lost people, hurting people, broken people restored. That's what this church is about. It's time for us to stop blaming everybody else for why our dream hadn't happened. It's time for us to stop blaming everybody else on why our, our marriages stink sometimes. It's time, for us, it's time for us to stop blaming everybody else and look at ourselves. Guys, look at yourself. Ladies, look at yourself. Stop blaming the other party. Because it always, if you'll take the full-length mirror into the room and say, what part am I playing right now? You can clean up you. And if both parties are doing the cleanup, when you get together, you're going to be nice and soapy clean. Stop telling your spouse what they're not doing. She's a garden. Whatever I sow, that's what's going to grow. If I seed it, she'll be it. If you want more love, sow more love. If you want more patience, sow more patience. She can't help but produce what I sow. If you sow words of life, she or he will produce words of life. God wants dominion back in the family. And to the men, he wants our voice back in the garden. Where Adam was silent and he lost, where did it, we went back to the beginning. How do you lose dominion? When you get silent over whatever area it is. When you stop speaking life into those situations, that's when you lost. You gave it up. He didn't take it from you. You gave it to him willingly. I'll be doggone if I'm going to let him take it. If I'm going to just give it. Mm -mm. Not today. That's what you need to say. When, when stuff comes, not today. People at your job try to, to get under your skin? Uh-uh. Not today. Did that hit home right there? Not today. Spouse comes home and, you know, crazy stuff breaks out. Not today. Mm-mm. You'd be surprised what, that, what that'll do. Not today. Make sure you use that at the right time, okay, ladies? Your voice needs to be real loud over your kids. Your voice needs to be real loud over your family. Your voice needs to be real loud over your future. Your voice, if you're a part of this church and you're connected to this house and this vision, your voice should be very loud when, 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 when things try to come up against it. We recognize it's not people, it's the enemy. Your voice should be very loud. Louder than what he's producing. Because whatever you say, heaven can't do anything Except back up what you say. And if you say anything contrary to the word of God, it can't do nothing for you. Its hands are tied. Heaven's hands are tied. So make sure whatever you do say is according to the word in the scripture. In closing, God wants to restore homes. Keep fighting. God wants to restore your hopes and dreams. No matter how far you feel like you've blown it, keep fighting. I know it's not Sunday morning, and it might feel like, oh my goodness, this thing to get heavy. It's not going to get heavy. I'm just telling you to keep fighting. Too many Christians try to give up way too soon. 
That song, Gone Too Soon, Babyface wrote or whoever wrote, Gone Too Soon, basically means there was something you were supposed to be doing and you got taken before you got a chance to do it. Let me tell you something. I don't ever want to be, be removed from something. I don't ever want to go and do something else. I want to make sure I'm doing what God's called me to do. And you should, you should take on the same thing. I want to be what God wants me to be for, for, for first and foremost in my relationship with him. And then to my spouse and to my family and to the church. I don't ever want to be, he was gone too soon. Not that I, I died, but that I, that I left too soon. I gave up because I just wasn't willing to push anymore. Most people who, who walk away, walked away. They were just like two tippy toes away from their breakthrough. And the enemy's just laughing going, I <laughs> see how I did that. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today, devil. Write a song, not today not happening God wants to restore relationships keep fighting God wants to restore families family values keep fighting listen the loss we talked about the dominion of imagination last week the loss of dominion of your imagination will cause you to think something other than what you have will make you happy the enemy will cause you to think that something that you don't have is better than what you have man you got to fight through that stuff she better looking than what I got. No, she ain't. He, he's got more. They've got more. Their kids are, are much better. That church is so much more. He'll always cause you to feel like what you have is less than what he can provide. He can't provide anything. He's a counterfeit. Second Corinthians 10 5 says casting down imagination. So when the enemy tries to put stuff in your head, you cast that down. Man, our, imag- our mind is strong, strong. It can produce all kinds of images. I cast down anything that tries to exalt itself above what God says about me. It's called taking dominion over your mind and your imagination. Basically, it means we've got we've to bind the imagination of the alternate life. There's, there's the reality of where you are and there's the alternate life that he's trying to produce and show you is much better than what you have. you got to cast that down because once you get there, it'll never be like he said it was going to be. Just most recently, I'm not going to go there. I, I, uh, see, I never want to offend, so I'm not going to say that, but the enemy will never allow you to see the reality of what happens once you buy into the trap. So basically it's don't listen to the serpent. Don't listen to don't listen to those voices. Take dominion. I believe I believe I'm looking at people that are taking dominion over their lives. Doesn't mean you're going to get it all right, all, all just like that. Doesn't mean you're going to have the perfect marriage and you're going to be the servant in the house of God and, and that you're going to you're going to be in the community. It doesn't mean you're going to have a, just take small steps. Find out what's the one area that I, what can I, what can I take back right now? I'm going to start with that one. That's mine. You can't have it. This is mine. That's how we got to be. This is my home. This is my family. This is my church. Oh, you want to talk about it? Hold on. Let me go grab a few people because you thought we was weak. Let me go grab a few people and then see how, 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 how much you want to run your mouth. 
Oh, 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 you heard about how I used to be? Yeah, I can get real worse than that too. See, we got to be that way. About things that we passionately know God, God has said, that's, not, that's who I was, but that's not who I am. That's something I did, but that's not where I'm going. It does not define me. We got to be that way. I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm, I'm promised. But because this, this series is done. And it's time to move on to something else. But until we take dominion, we can talk about all the stuff we want to. But we got to take dominion over things so that now we can, we, can, we can take a hold of all this other good groceries that comes from this platform. But until we take dominion, you're just putting stuff in a, in a grocery bag that's got holes in it. I don't know about you, but I don't like to walk out of the grocery store investing in all this stuff and put it into a bag that's got holes. And by the time I get to my car, I've strolled out $200 worth of groceries across the, across the parking lot. I want to know that I got it together. I'm taking dominion over all these areas. And now I'm going to grow. Stand with me tonight. I want to pray. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www myforwardchurch.org There you'll find online giving, church events and so much more Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week